0: The Cash Out Podcast is back. It's Anthony Rothman, Moneyline Mark. I'm Scotty Vegas. And guys, this is why golf betting is the absolute best. Mm. Okay, because yesterday afternoon I'm watching there's a tournament, the Mexico Open. The only big names in it are John Rahm and Tony Finau, right? The rest of the field is is mostly trash. It's like a lot of a lot of a lot of guys that, you know, a lot of people have never heard of. Yeah,
1: those world class golfers are trash. Trash.
0: (laughs) So but anyway, these are guys that have not won very much and stuff. So I'm like, well, you know what? Mr. Eric Van Royen the Van Royan boys are making a little bit of a run. And so I'm like, yeah, you know what? He's 109 to one. So what the heck? Let me throw a hundred bucks at this, this Van Royan character. Well, okay. So he has a good day. He goes seven under. He's off to a great start today. And now I just happen to have about uh, $13,000 on Mr. Van Royen for the weekend. And he's tied for the lead right now. So will he win? Probably not. But it's your lottery ticket. We call that the hedge fund. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Tony Finau is up there. Uh, Rom, I'm not sure how much he cares about this tournament, but he's in it. Um so it, what it does is if Van Royen can stay in the picture, it leads to the ability to hedge out. Uh, and hopefully I will be winning some money or who knows, maybe Van Royen pulls off the miracle and pulls it off. But that guys is why I love golf betting and why I'm, I was more interested in that yesterday than the NFL draft, but let's talk NFL. And I want to get your guys's first impressions. Cause obviously the story of the night was that CJ Stroud went second and uh, and Levis fell completely out of the first round. I want to get your impressions on teams that you think made a significant jump in the last couple of days and whether you think there are now more Super Bowl contenders than there were. Anthony?
1: Well, let's be honest. The NFC is where you kind of probably want to have your money right now because of all the stacked up situation that's going on in the AFC and that one's tough to predict, and we can look at some of those odds. And certainly, there's a little value there. But man, it, it's just one of those things where once I saw that Rodgers was going to the Jets, instead of going right there and saying, "Wow, I wish I would have bet them before," because by the way, that number was baked in for a while. That as yes. soon as he said we said on McAfee, that number never moved again. Um, and, and right so, now it's fourteen to one. I mean, if you had a bet at pre McAfee interview, you're probably getting to them at thirty to one. Yeah. And so if you were lucky to do that, and some people bet it before Rogers got there and it's because they had an inkling it was going to happen, but I don't think that money really ever moved. So I immediately started looking at the NFC because I, instead of the AFC getting better, the NFC got weakened dramatically. Bernie so, for Van
0: Royen. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 10 under. He's got a two shot lead. All right. Sorry. Go, the keep second going. round.
1: Uh, second round. All yeah. right. Very early. All right, keep going. Yeah, but the hedge fund gets bigger and bolder. I like (laughs) it. Um, I immediately looked at the NFC because what the Eagles did last night in that draft to make an already very good team even better defensively is something to behold right now. And I think Philadelphia at eight to one right now or whatever they are is a very good bet in the NFC. It feels like that. I don't. I mean, I know the Niners are there, but we saw what happened to them eventually. And I'm just thinking, you know, with the quarterback. Now, Purdy may be the guy, and I know they have a ton defensively themselves, but instead of trying to predict between Kansas City and Cincinnati and the Jets and the Bills and whoever else in the, in the AFC, you know, team du jour, whether it's Jacksonville or the Chargers or the Ravens or whatever, um, I think the value right now is on Philly to go back. Remember, you don't have to beat the whole AFC. You just have to beat one of them when you get there. And so I actually think there's better value in Philly, especially with what they did last night.
0: Good call. Mark, thoughts on uh, any teams in the last few days that have made a move in your mind?
2: Yeah, obviously Philly stands out to me at the top. You know, when I saw them sitting at number 10 and all the Jalen Carter talk from the legal troubles, I I knew they were going to take him. You know, they lost Hargrave, and, you know, they just slide him in. He's got his Georgia teammates there. So Philly, obviously, the rich get richer. Uh, for the Eagles. Um, You mentioned the Ravens earlier, too. I think, you know, just getting Lamar back and then adding some talent at the receiver position around him certainly helps. Um, A pick that really I I liked a lot was uh, Christian Gonzalez going to the pass. I thought he fell uh, Mm -hmm. quite a bit from where I thought he should have been taken, and he just fits perfectly in Belichick's scheme. So I I expect that guy to have, you know, a pretty good career there in uh, New England. Uh, you know, the only thing that concerns me about the Texans and C.J. Stroud, too, is just there's no talent, really, at the receiver position. I think Woods is their best receiver, and I, I just hope he doesn't get beat up and gets a chance to succeed in Houston. Um, but those are my biggest takeaways.
0: I think that's fair. Anthony, what's your
1: thought on, on C.J.? I didn't think he'd get past four. I wasn't shocked at what happened happened last night. First of all, if Houston would have made – I really did feel like they could try the double whammy and trade back up. And I don't think you're trading back up for a position guy. You're trading back up for um, a quarterback, and that's more difficult. So I, I'm not shocked they took him at two. And I think it's the combo platter that kind of gets you excited about Houston, the way they were able to pull off you know, what a lot of people believe was the best quarterback in the draft in CJ and then the best defensive guy. So, you know, Mark's got a good point. He's still going to a bad team. He's still going to a team that's won four games in three years or whatever they've won. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 games in three years. But um, usually they have a four-win season, so that's where my mind went. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's not surprising. There was no way he was getting past Indy in my mind. Now, Indy taking Richardson instead of Levis was, you know, all the chatter was about Levis, and I knew Ursay would be tantalized by Richardson. It makes sense. He's going to a much better-equipped team. Than certainly CJ is. That's why when we were talking about fits, you want it, if I'm CJ Stroud, while I don't want to lose money, I would have rather slid to four, if that's even a slide, and gone to Indy. Like if, if there were two choices there, absolutely, you want to get in that dome in Indy and, and have Jonathan Taylor and have Pittman and have that offensive line. And so while I'm sure he's thrilled he was number two, I think secretly he would have preferred to go four.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm wondering if these players ever are like really thinking about the situation they're going into, rather or do they want to just be the highest possible pick? Obviously, there's more money with the highest possible pick, but maybe long term the better thing for his career may have potentially been going to the Colts. Oh, yeah. there's not
1: even a there's not even a question yeah. that that the better thing. Now I will tell you the difference between pick number two and pick number four is nothing for these guys. Yeah. It's the difference between 39 million and 37 million, like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, it really falls off if you're going to slide. Let's say he would have slid outside the top 10 to Tennessee at 11. Now you're talking about 15 million. Now you're talking about 37 million or 39 million to 21 million. You know, we're talking about significant dollars there now, we, but the more you slide, the better position you think you're going to be in because those teams are just better.
0: I agree. I agree. So that makes sense to me. Rather than looking at teams that made a move, because I agree with you both, I think Philadelphia to me now at eight to one uh, is is very intriguing for the for the NFC. One team that I thought had the ability to make a big move uh, and potentially in, in, increase their odds, and I think they failed at that, was the Detroit Lions. I thought the Lions having multiple picks. And being in a division where Aaron Rodgers is just leaving the division, I thought they had the opportunity to kind of work their way up as a potential real sleeper uh, and, and then maybe they still are, maybe their picks will work out, but I was a little surprised. They went running back with yeah. their first pick. And then I think they went linebacker from Iowa, uh, with their second pick, which to me I thought was weird. I thought they were a team that I was yeah. interested to see if they could make the jump.
1: Yeah. They're one of those teams that, I mean, listen, they were eight and two to close out the year last year. Yeah. And then they went into Lambeau and knocked green Bay out of their chance for the playoffs. They were legit. Now they were Delta blow recently with Jameson Williams in the gambling situation which you and the three of us can talk about next week. But, yeah, they've made significant upgrades to their defense, which I guess allowed them to take the luxury pick in the running back. But um, he went a little higher than what I thought, especially with the two guys they have. It's um, it's it's interesting. The Sharps, I mean, a lot of people have been betting the Lions heavily to get to the Super Bowl, and it's kind of dragged the odds down. I've seen it. It was like 30-some-odd-to-1. Now it's like in the 20s, right? 22. 22-to-1. 22 so people are dragging those odds down. And I agree with you, they had a chance to to grab hold of this thing. They still will be very good, but to add a running back to Swift and Montgomery seemed very odd
0: to me. You know what might be the most attractive odds actually? By the way, the the Lions are now nine to one to win the NFC. Uh, The Eagles at three to one to win the NFC. I think you you guys were right about them making the move and how attractive they are. All right, let's Mm -hmm. switch gears real quick and talk the college impact, because if you look at the 2024 projected draft, obviously everybody's got Caleb Williams going number one. He's like minus 600 to be the number one guy next year. But if you look at the depth, the top 50 guys, kind of the first two rounds expected for next year. You'll see there are nine Buckeyes expected to go in the first two rounds next year. So crazy amount of talent. And I look at the board, and Georgia's getting a new quarterback, and Alabama's getting a new quarterback. Ohio State is obviously going through getting a new quarterback. I actually think there's really good value, number one, in Ohio State, if you can get them at 7-1, to which you can right now. I think there's good value because if you look at the total talent on that team, it's as good or better than, than anyone. And then the second one that I'm interested in is USC because Caleb Williams is expected to be a a runaway top pick type player and they play in the Pac-12, which isn't very good. So if they were able to get in, I think they got a good shot. So just your guys' impression on, Placing maybe an early bet on USC and Ohio State. Your thoughts, Mark?
2: For a uh, number one pick draft next year, or is that is no? That I'm or
0: taking to win it all. Caleb Williams to be oh. the number one pick is 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 long odds, right? I mean, it's minus five hundred for him.
2: You know, I'm gonna short odds. The Buckeyes, the Buckeyes, let me down a little bit last year. You know, I expected. I think they had a little bit better team last year all around but you know it's all relative the competition changes each year and things like that so for me i i definitely love the buckeyes there i mean i'm gonna throw down heavily on them again for next year to win it yeah
1: i mean you got it right i mean there's emotion it's an emotional bet too um it's it's tied to what you want to happen and so it's tough you know we always talk about a mental hedge and it's not easy mental hedges are very difficult because you know it's it's tough to put your money where your heart isn't and but I understand it's not a complete heart bet because you know they have a lot of talent. You know, the one thing that we still have some question marks on this Ohio State team, we have some question marks on their offensive line. We have some question marks because that offensive line is going to be ahead of a first year starter. And yes, they have Marvin Harrison. They have a great running back. They have a couple great running backs. They have other great receivers that we know of. Their defense certainly has to be better. The one thing you got to, you know, be a little aware of is. They got to go to Michigan. They got to beat a pretty good Michigan team on the road that they haven't beaten two years in a row. And if they don't again, what are the odds that they're going to get fortunate enough to have it fall the way it did this year, where they'll still get in if they lose that game? So it depends. I mean, it, it all comes down. To Michigan's got to hold up their end of the bargain too. Um, you know. So listen, I'm always I like that bet plus you know seven or eight to one on Ohio State to win it all. You always have talent, but it, I agree with Mark. It just felt better last year. Certainly, you had everything lined up last year. You had the home schedule you know, with Notre Dame and Michigan. You had the revenge factor. You had Stroud. You had everything going for you last year, which makes it so weird. We thought the defense would be better with Knowles, and we got teasing into thinking it was going to be a powerful defense, and it wasn't, but you're right. I mean, they'll have, again – Three or four guys, maybe more, getting drafted in the first round next year. When you think about, let's see what kind of year Trayvon Henderson has. Could he squeak in? JTT, of course. Um, Sawyer Hall, Abuka, Abuka, Harrison, Harrison. Donovan Jackson. Like you've got guys that that will be in the first round. But at the vital positions, offensive line and quarterback, you just don't have that security blanket you feel like you need. That's a great point. Now the two
0: national championships in my lifetime for Ohio state have come in years where it wasn't expected to win. Oh, two (laughs) didn't expect to win a national championship that year, obviously. Uh, and when they, in 14, when they win that national championship, that was really unexpected. The years we thought that they were going to win one 98, uh, what, uh, the year after 15, Mm um, last year they, they fell short. Mm -hmm. So, All right, that's cashing out for this week. Next week, we will dive more into the NFL futures odds.